The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Be sure to tune in Saturday, May 13th, 2017. That's just two days from now for Radio Wave Special with a friend of Medjugorje. Special broadcast speaking on the 100-year anniversary of Fatima, which is May 13th, and the end of the reign of Satan and where we stand in the world. So be sure to tune in to that. That was going to be at 7 p.m. Central Time, USA. Radio Wave Special, May 13, 2017, with a friend of Medjugorje. Early in the earlier years of the apparitions, the visionaries of Medjugorje asked Our Lady why she was so beautiful. And Our Lady said, I'm beautiful because I love. And this has been one of the key messages of Medjugorje, the message of love. And indeed, Our Lady is truly beautiful. And we're seeing this start to manifest throughout the whole world, especially here in the United States. A few weeks ago, a friend of Medjugorje initiated the Winds of Change billboard with the image of Our Lady. Many people have told us that the image of the billboard is the most beautiful billboard that they have seen. And interestingly, the very first billboard that has gone up has actually gone up in Alabama. 
It just went up just a few days ago. It's on I-65 South and near Coleman at exit 299. For So for those of you who are traveling to Caritas this weekend or who are going to be visiting Caritas throughout the course of this year, uh, be sure to look for the billboard on I-65 South at exit 299. Another story about the beauty of Our Lady has to do with something that took place here at Caritas before it was Caritas. A friend of Medjugorje and his wife in 1986, through a number of set of circumstances, had gone to Fatima. And while they were there, a friend of Medjugorje's wife, Annette, saw a little statue of Our Lady of Fatima. And in Annette's words, she said, she was beautiful and her face was pretty, so I bought her. This was the inspiration that captured her for her to buy this Fatima statue. The Fatima statue just, they brought it back home and it kind of just sat in the home. And through a set of circumstances that happened that were divinely uh, led, most of you know the story of Maria coming here for the very first time in 1988. And the day before a friend of Medjugorje comes, uh, Annette is sleeping and she wakes up and she has this burning desire to place the, a crucifix above their bed. This crucifix was the one that hung in Father Slavko's bedroom and it was prayed over by Maria. It was a very special crucifix. And also the Fatima statue. She had bought a pedestal that matched their bed and all of these things were all disconnected from one another. And so she puts the statue and the crucifix above their bed without any inkling of an idea that the very next day, Maria was going to be coming and Our Lady was going to be appearing in their home. There's more on Mej.com that tells the story in greater detail than this, but from 1988 to now, there would have been no idea that in 2017, Pope Francis would issue a special plenary indulgence for those who pray on the 13th of the month in front of any Fatima statue. So this weekend, in particular, Pilgrims are going to be coming from from all over to pray in the bedroom in front of the Fatima statue of Our Lady that's in the bedroom where Our Lady has appeared almost 200 times. So for those of you that are thinking about coming or have not thought about coming, most every place in the continental U.S. is within two or three days driving time. So make a spur-of-the-moment decision to be here for the special days of grace, to pray in front of the statue of Our Lady and receive that plenary indulgence. I'd like to add to that that Two days from now, May 13th, is the 100th anniversary of Fatima. So to have that, and that's why we wanted to open the bedroom, to have that available with the graces that's attached to that, that the century passes on that day into everything that's happening now through Medjugorje. We live in a wonderful time, but a dangerous time. There's many things taking place. We just released last night the writing the truth about saving the world is very important. It's something Our Lady has made known through 30 years of cognition. And one step to the next leads to another understanding of what she's doing. And Our Lady said a long time ago, pray to comprehend the profoundness of the message. And most don't find that. We are blessed because our life is immersed in that living the messages every day. Yes, we fail them, but they're part of our life. And it's a call to perfection and holiness. This writing, what it says, is very, very important for the future of Medjugorje. 
So we encourage you to go online and thoroughly study this through prayer, not intellectually, but with the heart, and it will speak to you. And so our read today is on another topic of what we just introed, but it's something, too, that shows how far off base we become in the way we think and planning our life instead of planning our life by the messages that are showing us into a way of life. So what we have is just an excerpt from a book called Die Broke. It's written by Stephen Pullen and Mark Levin. They say, quote, Even though the Social Security Act of 1935 was the cornerstone of the nation's retirement obsession, it was still a pretty rickety structure. Benefits provided at best a subsistence lifestyle. The stereotypical image of a retiree from this first Social Security generation was a widow eating cat food. It would take another two decades for that image to change. During World War II, most wages were frozen. In exchange for workplace peace, organized labor won wider pension coverage. It wasn't too tough a fight since pensions were tax-deductible and as future obligations they didn't show up on a company's books. Meanwhile, government was catching flack for letting Social Security recipients fall below the poverty line. Politicians boosted benefits got kudos, and were re-elected. Improving Social Security benefits became politically expedient. Coverage was extended to the husbands of women in the private sector, members of the armed forces, the self-employed, farm workers, and even some government employees. Benefits were expanded to include disability and health insurance and welfare for the blind and disabled. All these benefits were subjected to cost-of-living adjustments so they'd keep pace with inflation. The boom in the private sector and private pensions, and the increasing Social Security benefits were backed up by perhaps the greatest public relations campaign in history. Business, labor, government, and the financial services industry marketed retirement. The recipe was laid out by H.G. Kennedy of Mutual Life Insurance at a 1952 meeting of the National Industrial Conference Board. Fill company newsletters with stories of happily retired people people who stuck with the company and hired the financial services industry. Just like in so many other religions, the Church of Retirement preached that Stoicism was the road to paradise. Labor loyally at a job you may not be too fond of, and you'll be rewarded in your golden years. Kennedy's formula transformed that image of the cat food-eating widow into a tanned, healthy couple living in the sunbelt, playing lots of golf. Retirement had become a lifestyle. If Satan was given a century, and this is part of that century that we're coming up to now, that we're ending in two days from now, May 13th, is this really from God? I saw in a doctor's office a money magazine. The article actually was about retiring at 50 or 55 years old or 60 years old. And they showed this man sitting there drinking a cup of coffee, barefooted on, on his kitchen cabinets with his wife next to him, like they're enjoying life. This is not real. I know many people may be listening to this, may retire. But retirement is not part of what life is about. This whole concept is something that is not of God in the sense of how we look at it, as the writing just said, the religion of retirement, that is something we're owed. I can't even imagine retiring. I don't. That's not even in my thoughts, or I look forward to that. We have 12 working chairs on our front porch, not because we sit around in them, because we never sit in them. 
we're too busy with Our Lady and our work and a grand way of life. And the, the children here and the grandchildren, it's a beautiful little thing as far as a little village and concept. And it's maybe the goal everybody should have because agrarian base brings that. And there's no retirement. The people who are living in Medjugorje that's old can no longer really physically work because their body's not able to. You know what they do? As grandparents, they watch their grandchildren while their parents work. There's no concept of retirement. I know Papa Pero, where we stay, the son, the father of the son who and wife who owns the pension we stay in, he's always outside looking at things. He's out the garden. He's he's supervising. Retirement is something that we have made a goal of that's a certain status that is really not the purpose of life. I know when my clients, I went to see them and they bought another house. They're 60 years old. I said, are you going to die in this house? Well, we don't know. I said, what are you talking about? You don't know. They still don't even know where they're going to be rooted to. My wife and I knew where we were going to be rooted to in our 20s. And I'd ask these people, you don't know if this is going to be a live-and-die house? We knew at 20 we wanted to build a live-and-die house. Because if we were going to sell a house when we were 50 or move somewhere else, where's the memories? We can walk on our grounds here and look at a spot of a creek and have a memory of 30, 40 years ago with our children swimming in the creeks when the same grandchildren are doing the same, and they're doing the same thing. It's rich. That's retirement. That's wealth. You don't retire your memories. It's part of who you are. And so we're, we're nomadic people in the way we do. But the point I really bring this up about the people buying their houses and retiring, and I didn't know if they're going to stay there, a lot of them were dead in two years. I saw this pattern develop over and over and over when people retire and they don't do anything else. Their problems become big because all they have to think about is the problems. Even if you're on the golf course a lot. Your life is for a purpose to bring others to eternal life. You might retire or finish off with your job, but that's really not the goal. We have no concept here in Caritas, the community, that any of us are going to retire. What stops our work is your health, your ability to do what you have to do. That determines when you go into lesser things that we might be doing on a daily basis. This may be deep for a lot of people because people are so trained in the culture, inspired by what darkness does, that this is owed to you. It's not the way of life our lady is showing us. So retirement, in that sense, is a lie. And people say, well, I give my time and do this and do that. No, we need to be active all the time. Just sitting around is not what God wants us to do. Because we are entertained constantly. We're always looking for the next pleasure or relaxation. That's not what life is for. You're here for a speck of eternity. Uh, an atom, if it was on a timeline, that you can't see that we go from here to the end of the universe because eternity is like that. And if you looked at your timeline of your life, you wouldn't see, you'd have to look underneath the microscope for an atom and it's still too big. This life is short to determine eternity. And so everything we do is not to go by the lie. You hear about fake news. You think people just come up with this recently. You just now heard the term. We've been lied to for a long time. In the French Revolution, they started this, doing propaganda and fake news. 
And so we've seen this term. Who did it come to? How did this come up just in the last 12 or 13 months for fake news and it caught on and everybody talks about it? You know who's the first one that's talking about it in our modern time? It happened on October 30th, 1981. Our lady said, do not respond to anything. It's a bad trick. They are already given so much false news. Isn't that not amazing? What is false news? False means not true, not conformable to fact. Expressing what is contrary to that which exists is done, said, or thought. We have this whole thought of how we do our finances, how we live our life, how we're owed a lot of pleasures in our retirement. Your pleasures in your retirement is your memories and what you've built. And it's not to build up a kingdom that you just pass on. You're more efficient in building away a life that can sustain you. Our whole goal in our community is to use less cash and make wealth, not through the dollar or saving it, but through growing our crops. Cow eats grass, we eat cow. That explains everything principle we should be living. And who's going to be healthier? Who's going to be richer in what they do with way of life? There's not a day that goes by that there's something in here in our day that we saw, whether it's adults, the children, the animals, or our mission, or something happens, or somebody comes by, that is not, a, is not something that we don't have a smile on our heart at when we see it. We're moved. We may not smile at it, but it moves something in your heart, and you're touched by it. Can you name every day that you get one or two or five, ten things that you can say, this warmed my heart, or this brought me consolation? Our Lady wants your life to be a consolation for others. If you're living consolation for others, what takes place is is your environment changes. The other day, we had little Tony, who's what, three years old now. He got a birthday present, and we come up, and he has his birthday present with all the little kids in front of the tabernacle. We've been working somewhere out in the field. Was that last Saturday or something? I don't remember. And uh, we come up, and he's got this little lemonade stand that's made that you buy to do. And the whole community just stopped instead of going to lunch and had lemonade. And of course, we gave them some pennies or quarters or whatever, but they don't care about that because money's not our object of our life. It's the way of life. And it's beautiful. You should post this. Should we take pictures of that? Post it on the site. Our lemonade stands when we were kids were on the side of the street and nobody ever stopped. There's no crowd. But see, our kids have a fullness. When they put it up, they got 40, 50 people standing around it. And they were enjoying that. They were pouring that. They were making it. It's a beautiful thing. Community works. Living in a neighborhood doesn't. Go buy the same thing for your child and put it on the side of the street. There's not going to be anything but boredom. I did it when I was a kid. And nobody stopped. And it was kind of fun. But what they had is a consolation that it works. It's, it's life. And everything conforms to that because it's true. False is not true because it's not conformable to the fact. The fact is they could put that little lemonade stand there and they got a lot of customers because we got a community that supports a way of life for whatever it needs to adapt to and conform to because it's a living truth. We're living life as God's shown us and it's very, very beautiful. And that's just one of the things that happens constantly for us. 
And so we live a beautiful way of life that we don't have. Europe's lost it. America's lost it. And we think, oh, we're doing this. Did you know Europe is in so much trouble that they've lost their way of life because they live it so urbanly now? They've gotten away from the soil. They've gotten away from the church. You say, what about the United States? We're actually turned the pendulum back coming our way. We've got a long way to go. We need purification. But Europe is going to be purified. Did you know more people go to church on Sunday in China than all the whole of Europe? That's astounding. Look how many churches we got. And they don't even have churches in China except government approved. This is underground. This is in the houses. This is like 30 Christians. More people going to church on Sunday in China than all of Europe and everyone in the nations from Italy to Greece to all the Catholic world. Amazing and scary. Our Lady is here to reverse the world's direction. Your life and how you live it, conforming to society, is false. Your life and how you live it with the message and based and immersed in that is real news and is truth. And this is why the question comes up on this last writing, the truth about saving the world. Because we have a mandate. If a lady is telling us saving the world, what does that mean? I don't want to spoil what you need to read because it's a transformative writing of mentalities not only for you and for the apostles of Our Lady, but for the structure of the church. That The church has to do something. It has to do it now. There's no more waiting for this. It's too dangerous to wait. We have Neil Armstrong stepping on the moon, the first man there. And as he steps off the ladder, he says, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. There's no God in it. There's no God part of it. But you know what was happening with Buzz Aldrin? He's in the lunar module. And he brought consecrated host. He's not Catholic. He's Episcopalian. But still the fact that he did this. And he took the Eucharist and the wine. And felt that it was an appropriate thing for all the world that he received communion consecrating this place and reading the scriptures in memory of Christ and he quoted the Bible verse, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me, I in him will bear much fruit for you can do nothing without me. You can't go to the moon without God. But we quoted a quote that was all about man. You know what NASA did? just like some of the people in the church are doing. We're not going to let you say that. You can't talk about that. You can't do that. It may offend people. So they bleaked him out. He was not allowed to say anything about it publicly. He asked to. NASA said no. We're seeing this right now. Our lady's here to save the world. She's here to reconsecrate the world. Not to man, but to God. And the church is saying, you can't spread magic over in the parishes. You can't do this. You can't do that. That is over. We're not going to sit around anymore. Am I challenging the church? I'm challenging those in the church. 
who have refused to let Medjugorje flow out. They're dangerous people. That's what this writing's about. And many could say that's dangerous for me to say. It may be for me, but I don't care. I know what's real and what's not real, what's fake news and what is real news. And the news we receive daily from Our Lady is the most realest thing on the earth. And the visionaries, when they see Our Lady, they come out of a state of reality of what we see here on earth to a deeper reality. What they see is from heaven that's come to earth. And it's painful. I watched Maria many times for just a blink of a, a tenth of a second as she follows Our Lady. And they used to say all the time, Odie, that means creation, she's gone. But I noticed for years, and particularly in the bedroom where I could get right there and watch her face as she followed Our Lady to heaven. And in that one moment when she finally disappears, way up in the sky, there is a a moment of grief in her being, very detectable. So after years of watching this, I said, Maria, once in the bedroom, I said, Maria, do you feel pain when Our Lady finally disappears? She said, yeah, something like that. Why would you want to walk around in a place that you're confined to that'd be like a baby in a womb as opposed to being a baby that's just born out in freedom, that Maria goes in apparition and she's born into a more reality where she's got more freedom, that when our lady leaves, she's put back into the womb of the earth. They have scientifically proven that they're in a state of more reality when they're in front of our lady than when they're walking in a normal life. So they live a suffering throughout the whole day. And they live a longing for the next apparition. One time Maria's here, we were sitting downstairs in with a, what we call a land room. We'd been talking, and we said something about the apparition's ending, and Maria raised her hand real quick and crossed her fingers. Let's hope they don't end. She knows there are, but she never talks like that. But it really struck me when she did that image in front of me, crossing her fingers. You know, it's not just prayer. She, she can't do it. Y'all go cry for three months. When Mariana's ended, she curled up on the floor in a fetal position, weeping. Her parents couldn't console her. They couldn't say nothing. For days, they couldn't do nothing. She begged and begged and begged and pleaded and didn't sacrifice fast that she'd have her lady. Her lady started coming back on the second of the month. See, when you have reality, when you taste something like our way of life, when you experience something that is so more real than what people live on a daily basis, you can't give that up. Where would we go? What would we do? We know nothing else but you, Mary. Just like the apostles told Jesus, Jesus said, will you leave me? Where would we go? What would we do? We know nothing else anymore. We're living reality more so than the whole world itself is. And you're called to that. And this last writing is called to bring this in now. Not 10 years from now, not a year from now, not tomorrow. Now is the time. You get this writing. You print it out, and you send it to your priest. You send it to your bishop. You send it to Francis. That we want something done. We can demand that, and we can be bold about that. Not arrogant, not with that humility, 
but with the power of who we are, who experienced a real thing that we know is real. And I proclaim, even whatever the church says, the apparitions of the Virgin Mary is real. I don't need approval. I don't need condemnation. The church can never condemn Medjugorje. It never will condemn Medjugorje. It's impossible. How can I say that with authority? Because I know truth. And when you know truth, you don't have to be embarrassed or shy or apologetic or my opinion. It's not opinion. It's a fact. And what's not true is we have to keep waiting because that's not comfortable to the fact. That's expressing what is contrary to what exists. Our Lady exists. And we don't have to sit around anymore. We don't have to twiddle our thumbs anymore. And that's what the truth about saving the world is about. Because our world, we're not going backwards on it. We're not going to give it up. And we're not standing up to Holy Mother Church. We're standing up to the arrogance in it that is not stopped and contemplated deeply enough or profoundly enough what is in our midst. So you prepare for this writing. It's a major, major, major statement on Medjugorje for you and for me. Because it spoke to me. I just put in what I was given by Our Lady. And it's a profound thing of what she shows that you need to adopt immediately today. We wish you Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Metronomic Show with a friend of Mechigoria. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.